Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Friday, October 27th. It's our first live one in a couple of weeks. Had some scheduling yeah. conflicts. Just been busy, you know, the NFL season. <laughs> so it's been a little bit since you've actually gotten to see the faces of myself and Pete Sweeney. Uh, for those of you watching us on the live stream and not listening to us on the podcast page, I am Steven Serta and... Pete Sweeney looks about 10 years younger as he has finally decided <laughs> to shave the beard. I can't remember the last time I saw you with a clean shaven face, to be honest, Sweeney. Yeah, uh, if if you've noticed the, the calendar, Steve, it's also Halloween weekend. We've got a little Halloween thing going on tonight. Can't reveal my costume, but the character I'm being has has no facial hair. And so we go all in for Halloween. And so this is just a... <laughs> A temporary weekend thing. We'll probably be back to the beard in about uh, two weeks here. This morning, though, uh, again, for the podcast listeners who can't see us, I also have a Royals hat on. And so right now my costume is disgruntled Royals fan because we are we are ticked off about the stadium, baby. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, costume this morning and then and then tonight, if you care to see the costume, I'll probably do a, a social post. There's not a lot of chief stuff, I'll be honest, in, on my Instagram. Same same name, Instagram PG Swain if you if you care to see it later tonight. So, I, I don't want to get into the Royal Stadium debate that's going on yeah. here in Kansas City, but that report <laughs> that was leaked about like a 6 billion dollar loan to build a new stadium, that feels like the report that they leak and then they ask for 2 billion dollars instead. Um right. and like that's that kind of what everybody's argument about the the trial balloon type of deal yeah and uh whenever there's like a billion dollars or billions of dollars uh, involved in any kind of situation my mind immediately goes to dr evil i don't know i don't know if it's just <laughs> growing up in in the, the right time but that that's what i always think about uh someone evil saying six billion dollars um anyway uh there's been a lot of social media arguments about it and it's kind of put the Chiefs in the shadow for a second here, I think, Steve, because the the competition, A, uh, the Denver Broncos stink, and B, it's the second time they're playing them in three weeks. Yeah, so I guess we do have to actually uh, get into this game. Um, you know, if, if the Broncos weren't such a bad team, it wouldn't be so bad having to talk about them uh, twice in a, th a three-week time frame, but... This just isn't an interesting game to me. I've been trying to break it down all week and try to have opinions about it and takes about it. And I'm really just kind of sick of talking about it, to be honest. I'm ready to get past this week, move on to Germany and the Miami Dolphins and then the bye week. And then we can focus on the the really tough part of the Chiefs schedule once we get past the bye. But we do have to get rid of the Denver Broncos first. And yeah. this this is the kind of game where... 
you know, trade deadlines on Tuesday at 3 p.m. Arrowhead time and Denver supposedly is a big seller in the trade market. And so they might be trying to showcase some guys. And also they just got dominated by the Chiefs. I know it was only a 19 to 8 game, but I, I don't think anybody who watched that game thought that the Denver Broncos were ever actually challenging the Chiefs and, and ever really right. felt like the Chiefs were going to lose that football game against the Broncos. But this is an opportunity where Sean Payton can try to you know, it's at Denver. They could try to come out and come out swinging and, and try to kind of gash the Chiefs like we saw the Chargers do early in that mm -hmm. game last week. So I wouldn't be surprised if we actually do see like the Denver Broncos best effort this weekend. Yeah. And and when I say this, I want to be clear here because I know that the Chiefs fans will raise their eyebrows to it. This is the definition of a, a trap game. It really is because uh, I know that M Miami has, has slipped up uh, a little bit in recent weeks, but they're still one of the best teams in the AFC. You have that marquee game. This is going to be the game. It's a little bit weird. We always, we always talk about the Chiefs on primetime. This is kind of a primetime in the morning, right, for all NFL fans across America. If they want to get up, it'll be the only game on uh, against the Dolphins in Germany at, at 8.30 a.m. local time in two weeks. Uh, and you have this Broncos team that – a uh, is is clearly not going to make the the postseason, and and again, as I was saying, they just played this team and were able to dominate them in that nineteen eight game. It probably could have been closer to like thirty one um, to eight, like that type of game. But in between there, there was a, a win for the Broncos. It was against the Green Bay Packers. The Packers were still trying to figure out their identity as well. But this is still, to me, a very quietly a pretty good offensive team, and, and I said it. Um, and I, I think on all the reports, everything I've been doing media wise this week, that like this game means everything to the Broncos, whereas I think the Chiefs could overlook it and, and they are going on the road. And so there's a little bit of like that upset built into it, that upset tension. But uh, again, I, I just think the Chiefs are a way better football team. And so Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, like, it's hard to fathom that they would let this happen, especially with how well the Chiefs are playing now on offense and defense. And we'll, we'll get into the injury report and, and some of the other things that you need to know uh, ahead of this matchup in week eight. But just kind of go, going off of what you just said there, Pete, um, and we talked about it on the latest edition of show and BK that's available on the Arrowhead pride podcast network. If you want to go check that out, I thought we had a, a fun show last night, uh, kind of disrespectful to the Denver Broncos at times, but, uh, overall is a fun podcast that you should absolutely check out. Uh, but I, I think too, in years past where I, I think, you know, we see the chiefs kind of get off to these early season struggles and they kind of do it every year where mm -hmm. they play down to their competition and even lose football games early in the season to teams that they have no business losing to. I think that the, the biggest difference this year, as we see the offense still kind of trying to figure things out and, and hit its yeah. stride has been the defense in, in, in years past, you couldn't necessarily just lean on the defense and say, we need you to go win us games because the offense was just always going to be able to put up enough points, uh, right. barring like a catastrophic game like they had against the Colts where they just turned the football over a bunch and just looked totally sloppy. And they've had some of those kind of performances this season offensively, but the defense is just so good this season. They, it, it's helped them uh, improve to this six and one record and look like the best team in the NFL. And I think the most talented overall roster right now, you can make the case for the Kansas city chiefs. And that's something that they haven't had before. Like they, they can't, they, they in years past, they haven't been able to just lean on the defense and say, 
offense can't get it going today. We're still, it's still a work in progress. We're trying to figure it out. We need you guys to go win us a game. And the defense has proven over and over again this season. They are totally capable of doing that, which is why I think even if the Chiefs don't show up with their A game, even if the Chiefs are looking past the Denver Broncos and focusing on the Miami Dolphins in Germany, like the defense is so good that it, it would have to be a truly catastrophic performance for this inferior Denver Broncos team to truly challenge the Chiefs this weekend. Yeah, I mean, let's be clear here. We have other opponents that are on the Chiefs schedule that you take a look at and quickly, you know, quick look at it. Dolphins, Eagles, Bills, Bengals, to me, are in that realm of Chiefs could play a really good game and could get could get outplayed by those teams. The rest of the teams on the schedule, the Broncos, uh, the, the Raiders twice, the Green Bay Packers, the Patriots, I've been saying it all year, against these inferior teams, if the Chiefs don't take penalties and they win the turnover battle, I mean, it is as near a lock as it could be. And sure, are they going to cover the the spread in every single game? No, not necessarily. But the Chiefs win close games. That's what what they've been what they've been doing. Uh, Patrick Mahomes likes to joke about it. We keep things close. And should they take care of those little things? It's just hard to believe that an upset would happen. And that's kind of how I feel about about this game. Should the the Chiefs kind of take care of their own business, not have these turnovers, not have dumb penalties, and and have the Denver crowd get going? They're just a better team right now. That might not always be the case. If if Denver can reverse their fortune, get a quarterback, play a little bit better defensively consistently uh, in future years. But th this is just reality right now. Uh, and the final game against the, the Broncos this season. And, and so I, I just I just feel that way about uh, certain games on, on Kansas City's schedule. So getting into this week's injury report and both these teams for the most part are pretty healthy. Like we know Nick Bolton's not practicing this week. Uh, we still expect an IR move at some point for Nick Bolton. Right. I think that'll probably be a transactional thing that comes out on Saturday sometime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, wide receiver, Justin Watson, who I think we definitely expected to miss more time has been a full participant this week, yeah. which is kind of surprising. So it seems like he's going to have an opportunity to play this week. Uh, safety at uh, Mike Edwards is on the injury report this week with an elbow injury, but he's been a full participant. Seems like both those guys are good to go. Harrison Bucker did not practice on Thursday due to an illness. Uh, I know Dave Tobe joked around yesterday that Justin Reed might get the call up again if Harrison mm -hmm. Bucker can't go. But with an illness, you, you hope that he can kind of tuck it up and play. I don't think it's going right. to be that big of an issue, especially going to Denver. And then I think uh, one injury that is worth monitoring that we might need to worry about is Jarek McKinnon, who popped up on the injury report with the groin, and he did not practice on Thursday, but that was after practicing on Wednesday. So maybe it's kind of a, a veteran thing. We've seen the Chiefs really manage Jarek McKinnon in the past, so he could still wind up being available, but that's something to monitor ahead of Friday's final injury report. Watson is going to play, uh, in my opinion. I've been out of practice we now we only get 10 to 20 minutes uh watching this uh his the brace that he goes he has on steve uh, you know that looks like one of your avenger characters like we just like has a bionic elbow at the stage uh, but he's moving well uh, you know that i've seen in, in warm-ups been able to shag punts and, and whatnot really interested in seeing uh with watson returning to the lineup what that means for snap counts because we've been looking uh, at the snap counts each week, and we've seen Rasheed Rice kind of rise through those ranks. Now you add Watson back into the mix. It, it's how does this impact the wide receiver room? I, I tend to think Watson, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Rasheed Rice are going to be the top three, but we'll we'll end up seeing what ends up happening. 
Um, I know that Justin Ross had that off the field situation, but just sticking to on the field, we, we had mentioned it. Yeah, it snapped uh, Kadarius Tony this last game. Does that trend continue? I just think it's it's interesting to uh, to watch in that fashion. But back to the injury report. Not so worried about Harrison Butker missing this game. Sounds like it, it just was an illness. Uh, and Dave Tobe went as far as saying we think we'll have him back. Uh, you know, I, I I know that is just speculation by this point, but I wouldn't be stunned to just see him back at practice. Um, illnesses happen all the time. Sometimes guys will miss one practice and then they're back. The Chiefs do have a kicker, I guess, pseudo kicker and Justin uh, Reed. Justin Reed was taking the kicks in the portion that we watched yesterday. It's always a little surreal to see that another player at, that is very good at their given position that also happens to be able to hit like 35 yard field goes consistently good weapon for the chiefs to have. But as you heard on from the podium here on the area pride podcast network, that is more of an emergency break glass thing than a kicker. So if an illness were to happen to Butker an injury, you know, like we saw last year, they, they would probably bring in another kicker. I don't think McKinnon plays this game. Uh, I, I think the chiefs have been a little bit forward in showing their cards here uh, with Jarek McKinnon. It's, it's, you know, you're on the team. We're going to give you a few carries, a few looks here and there. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, you're not really going to play a ton until we get to that last stretch of the season, uh, you know, December, January. And so if there's any question about him, he's just a little bit different than other players. And like, they're not going to push him through that. And so now as the dominoes fall, I wonder if LaMichael Pirine uh, ends up seeing his, his initial action uh, as a chief. The Chiefs will want to carry three running backs that I do know. And so I do wonder uh, what a the Bol- the Bolton move is uh, on IR. We'll see what what ends up happening there. Um, but is Lamichael Pirine one of these special teams, or, or I should say, practice squad call ups? Uh, and we'll even get a look. Uh, I I know that there has been some frustration with Clyde touching the ball at all, especially when he's dropping passes in the end zone. So uh, could the domino fall all the way to LaMichael Piran getting a carry or a touch or two, which would be uh, an interesting part of this game. And it's worth noting if Jarek McKinnon can't suit up for this game, the Denver Broncos run defense is just one of the absolute worst in the NFL. And the Chiefs didn't really take advantage of it in their first matchup, which right. Was a little frustrating because we've seen Isaiah Pacheco have some monster games this season, and that felt like a game where you could just run all over the Broncos, but in perfect Chiefs fashion, they were just like, eh, we're just going to throw the football, and we're going to try to score, and we're going to take a bunch of trips to the red zone, and we're not going to find the end zone. So then you have this narrative coming out of that game like, oh, it's only a 19-8 to win over the lowly Denver Broncos. So I would like to think that in this matchup, we'll get a heavier dose of Isaiah Pacheco um, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire will probably be in the mix if McKinnon can't go. But this is a team you can absolutely run on. And I, I think the Chiefs should definitely do that this weekend, uh, depending on you know, what the situation is with the running backs and the pass catchers and all of that stuff. But before we get out of here, I want to talk about the defense. And we've already kind of highlighted how good and excellent I think we, we both believe they are. But yeah. on Thursday, C. Spagnuolo really got into the addition of Charles Amenahu. And I think he more than lived up to expectation in his first performance as a Kansas City Chief, uh, had an immediate impact and just looked like a monster uh, moving around that defensive line. And the way Steve Spagnuolo is able to move these guys all over the place now and kind of use these chess pieces up front. I think the rest of the league should be scared right now. If the chiefs get that on a weekly basis out of Charles Amenahu with 
what they've already gotten out of Mike Dana, what they've already gotten out, out of George Karloftis and, you know, Chris Jones sack streak ended last week, but he was still all over mm-hmm. the place. He was still creating pressure and helping other guys uh, get free for sacks and impact plays and all of that stuff. Like this chief's defensive line right now looks stacked. And we talked about it yeah. earlier this week. Like there's a reason that Frank Clark didn't just sign with the Kansas City chiefs because he didn't have an immediate role because everybody on that defensive line is playing so well right now. And we haven't even seen the ceiling of what that pass rush can be, uh, of what that defensive line can really be, because Charles Amenahu is still getting back into the mix. But to see him mm-hmm. come in, have an immediate impact, I, I think Chiefs fans should feel really, really good about the Chiefs defensive line right now. Yeah, and Steve Spagnolo had an opportunity to talk about it for the first time yesterday. Remember, we don't get him on game days with Charles Amenahu back in the mix and really, really excited about what he saw. And uh, Steve, I, I wrote this up for us at, at Arrowhead Pride. Steve Spagnolo actually described Chris Jones and Charles Amenahu's arms as appendages, like you would see in these like big spiders, uh, which cracked us up uh, in the media room. And then I, I wrote the article, and I unfortunately wrote that Jones and Amenahu were born with 85-inch wingspans, and I saw in our comments at Arrowhead Pride that that must have been difficult for their mothers. And normally, <laughs> normally I would go back and change it, but I'm like, this is too funny to even change. So I'm just going to let uh, the commenters have their fun. But I saw them all. And uh, yes, yeah, so that, that was a, a mishap that I, I wrote, but I just left it in the article anyway. But uh, getting back to the serious part of it, it makes things very, very tough for uh, opposing quarterbacks, especially ones that are shorter in stature. And you're seeing the batted down passes. It, it hasn't just been... Many of you had the one last game and Chris Jones has had a couple on the year. It's been George Karloftis and Mike Dana. Uh, and, and I believe they totaled 10 uh, on the season. And it's just a kind of started with Carlos Dunlap. It felt like I know that he's not here right now uh, anymore. Um, who knows if, th- if that changes by the end of the year. I know that there has been interest in potentially bringing him along. Uh, and, you know, you look at the fact that Frank Clark ended up in Seattle, maybe Dunlap, that, that possibility reopens here. Uh, but it, it all starts with the the front and and Spagnola wanted to I noticed this in his pressure. He wanted to make sure that he included the linebackers in this because I know that we've been raving about the defensive line, but he's really happy that the Chiefs now have these really uh, athletic, athletic linebackers. And we know that Nick Bolton is, is going to be out of the mix, but uh, you end up having Willie Gay and uh and and drew tranquil there uh and leo chanel and it's just it's a it's a very very tough front seven and then you add the fact that brett veach has been really good about nailing these picks in the secondary and like (laughs) i don't know even if the offense what's crazy about the chiefs right now is even if the offense continues to build upon what we saw last week which was like that offensive explosion 300 passing yards in the first half you end up having more than 400 yards uh, per game and all the points and stuff like that. It's going to be hard for them to be better than the defense this year, which is just something we did not uh, have in on the bingo card, Steve, uh, as they say, entering 2023, just the chiefs being a, a defense first team. And it's getting to the point where it's not even really about the offense struggling. It's just that the defense is just, if you can argue it's the best in the national football league. And uh, I haven't really seen something like that since I've, I've, I've covered the team. Um, maybe in the earlier years with with Derek Johnson and Tom Bali and that crew, Justin Houston, um, a little bit closer to that, but it, it's been a while, um, and and, I, and it's been refreshing, and and it's makes makes for a a really complete team. Um, 
you want I know it's early here and I don't mean to jinx anything or get Chiefs fans too excited. And I, I said it as I was seeing the defense come together. You, you just wonder if they could run the table. You know, I know there's 10 games to go, but it, it's that complete of a team where they're going to have to really make a lot of mistakes to lose football games. It's a, a tough back half of the schedule. And I think everybody's focused on this matchup with the Miami Dolphins right now. And obviously that's going to be a, a tough game for the Kansas City Chiefs. But yeah. I actually like the way that they match up with the Dolphins right now. Um, I, I think that they will win that game when we uh, start breaking that down next week. I think the game that everybody really should be focused on is the best uh, test for where the Chiefs are is that Monday night football game, Super Bowl rematch against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we saw what the Eagles did last week and they're playing great. And then on top of that, Howie Roseman goes out and adds Kevin Byard, who, you know, has kind of been buried on a bad Tennessee Titans team, but is still a very good player. And that's exactly what their secondary needed. Like they needed a, a safety that they could rely on to make plays. Like that Eagles team is really, really good still. And so I, I think that's a matchup we should be talking about, but we got to get past the Dolphins first. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the Eagles. Uh, and, and right now it's kind of looking and we're halfway we're about halfway through here it's kind of looking like a super bowl rematch but it's also smart to say here you know as i just talked about the chiefs running the table but it's also smart to say it's so early and we don't know what yeah. the eagles are going to look like at the end and i just tend to think the nfc is a little bit more open right now for me than the afc i think the afc and their teams really every team including the chiefs because of their offensive struggles that they had to overcome has shown flaws, but I think you trust the Chiefs the most, and you probably trust the Eagles the most, but there's still like 10 games left. You don't know what's going to happen at the trade deadline. You don't know what's going to happen with injuries. Sometimes, and this is more about like the the non-elite quarterbacks, sometimes quarterbacks go through um, ebbs and flows of, of quality play, and so really eager to see what this looks like when we get to December. Right now, uh, it's still October 27th, Steve. Yeah, we, we still got a ways to go, and you know, just kind of what you were saying about the defense. I think there should be a lot more conversations about the way the Chiefs have drafted and developed their defense over the last couple of years, but also the free agent additions this offseason. Like, you know, usually when you go out and you add free agent players, like, you know, you're expecting those guys to come in and make plays, but it doesn't always work out that way. Like the Chargers are a perfect example of that, having these high-end free agents they come in and, and Right. And like the JC Jackson thing was a total disaster. Randy, Randy Gregory for the Broncos was a total disaster. Uh, you know, the Chiefs, uh, Jerry's still out on Charles Amenahu. Obviously, we need to see him in action more, but early returns, great free agent signing. Drew Tranquil, been a great free agent signing. Mike Edwards, been a great free agent signing. Like every piece that they have added to that defense has made this unit what they are to the point where. I totally agree with you. I think they are a defense first team, which is crazy. But then you also have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And that's well, the, the biggest difference maker in football. And uh, I know uh, Philly loves Howie now. I've, I've seen them not love Howie in previous years, and he's getting a lot of credit. But you look at like the Chiefs secondary and, and the way it looks right now, they don't necessarily need a midseason move in the defensive backfield i know that folks would still like a wide receiver and, and maybe think about a linebacker now that bolton's out of the mix for a few games but you look at the secondary and the starting cornerbacks they're all draft picks they're all picks that that brett veach has made himself and he made a 
a big move to go and get Justin Reed. And like, like I said, I, I don't know you, if you, you look at that and you say, Oh, well, it's about the salary. It was, remember at the time it was a big decision to be like, we're going to let Matthew go. We're going to agree to a lesser salary. And we, we haven't really even necessarily seen it a lot in, in Houston, but we see it as a personnel staff. And we think he can take that step in Kansas city, uh, pay a younger player. He's been great. You draft Brian Cook next to him. And then it's just like using free agency in the offseason to fill that one extra void. And Mike Edwards quietly now uh, has been important for the Chiefs. I was talking to Trent McDuffie uh, in the locker room yesterday, and he was surrounded by by reporters and the question of like what Edwards has brought. And there's such a security that he is bringing to these cornerbacks when they're in the game. And McDuffie himself, under his own volition, brought up the Justin Jefferson pass down the, the left sideline and so even these role player pieces uh have been impressive uh and it's made this defense really good and i don't even think in the defensive side i don't think even needs to make a move at the deadline really if they were to do anything i i, I could admit it would probably be at the wide receiver position but you know that's if they were to do anything i i don't I, and I've said this for weeks. I personally think they're okay. I think this is a Super Bowl winning roster right now. Um, and I think the Chiefs feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, again, the NFL trade deadline is Tuesday at 3 p.m. Arrowhead time. And I totally agree with you, Pete. I just, I, I don't see them being very active. There's some wide receivers out there that I'd be interested in, but right. I, I tend to side with you in, in the Chiefs know what they have. They're going to make it work with what they got. They don't have a lot of money, and the defense is so special right now. Uh, I just don't think they need to be very active. Let these other teams kind of drive up the prices of players and be active on the trade market because the Chiefs already have a Super Bowl-caliber roster right now. Um, so I, I don't expect them to be very active on Tuesday. Maybe other teams across the league will. We'll see if the Denver Broncos uh, decide to sell off the roster and totally rebuild this thing around – an old Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, but uh, they got to get through the Kansas City Chiefs first, and then we'll see how that unfolds on Tuesday. He's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at PG Sweeney. I'm Stephen Sertz, where you can find me. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we have for you here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Make sure you're locked into arrowheadpride.com. We'll have all the injury updates uh, later on this afternoon after we hear from head coach Andy Reid. And then uh, we've also got a fresh edition of Kingdom Keys previewing the game, dropping tomorrow afternoon ahead of the Chiefs' Week 8 contest against the Denver Broncos. We'll talk to you guys then.